Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Do you have any cheese at all? senseless waste of human life. Hello Cheeseheads and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on tonight's comfortable 3-1 win against Ludgoritz and to look ahead to Sunday's game against West Brom is a last minute sub, the host with the most, Franco. You good mate? Yes, I'm very good. Of uh, settling down for lockdown in the UK. Spent all today in my robe. So yeah, settling down for the winter lockdown. In your robe? Is it the, like the Spurs robe? That you've got? <laughs> it's basically a dressing gown, but it sounds better if you say robe, doesn't it? It makes you sound regal. <laughs> yeah, because it's a picture of eating Cheetos and yeah. Nah. It, that's the image pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also joining us, having woken up very early for another Europa game, is Ospurs legend Paul Fellows. Paul, slightly happier than last week, eh? Uh, much happier than last week, but uh, it's nice to see that you've got me some different people to disagree with, which is which is always fun. Um, and I've, do, do you remember the Mary Whitehouse experience, Brendan? Because I've just got this image of Brendan in this robe going round the girls' school in the middle of the night, and it's it's, it's a bit <laughs> you disturbing. Mean Franco? I do mean Franco. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just very disturbed and got names wrong. <laughs> Franco's robe. Oh God. Uh, also joining us all the way from Toronto is Toronto Spurs' own Sean Williasieb. Sean, good to have you back, man. How are things? I'm not doing too bad. We're just enjoying some uh, a little bit better weather. We started off this week with uh, about three or four centimeters of snow and ice, and today it's 15 Celsius. So just enjoying some warmth before the long, cold winter arrives. I love this. Every t- every time I ask you how you are, Sean, you always tell me how the weather is. I love it. Like it's he's Canadian. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so we have Australia, Canada, Brazil, and UK. This is what the cheese room's about. This is about as international a Spurs pod as you're going to get. Um, right, let's start with the lineup. Franco, any surprises in the lineup? Um, the big news is probably Kane, Captain Kane, making his 300th appearance, uh, making his first start with Bale. 
slight surprise there. But what were your overall thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, no, I wasn't surprised. After last week and Jose coming out and basically moaning about all of the reserve players that weren't good enough, I wasn't surprised that some of the big hitters played today. Uh, even kind of Sun coming off the bench later on and the subs that he made, it was all sort of the uh, the main cast. I was hoping that Clark was going to get an appearance, but wasn't to be. And I think the injuries to the players in fullback positions meant that the team pretty much picked itself. Uh, maybe a little bit disappointed that Kane started because I'd like to see Vinicius given more time, but you know he came off the bench. And yeah, like I said, apart from that, it pretty much picked itself. And Paul, uh, you were a big defender of Winks in the pod last week uh, with Korla. Um, so, so you, as well. <laughs> were, you, were you surprised to see that the Winks Sissoko double pivot or what, what were your thoughts when when you saw that lineup? Um, I don't think that I was really surprised to, to see the midfield like that. I think Hojbjerg's played a, a lot of football and it makes sense for him to, to have a rest. I think Sissoko is still trying to get himself back to full fitness after the knee injury. So to give him time in, in a game like this, also makes sense and you know I think that Wink showed today why he got picked because I thought he had an excellent game yeah yeah he was he was there were a lot more forward passes which uh, has been the main criticism of him uh, not just in the pod but but in general so clearly you didn't read my post on the Facebook page last week where I had the pass map for for Winks and 90% (laughs) of the passes were forward so can you actually just get involved in this Brendan don't just turn up on match day mate get involved in everything why don't you just marry him, Paul? Um, <laughs> Sean, the first goal, uh, it was pretty straightforward, but refreshing to see a corner clear the first man. Uh, I'm not going to mention who took the corner, but I think we all know, and, and Harry finished it fairly well. Happy with that goal? Well, it's nice to see us actually do something different for a change and miss that, miss that first man. Uh, how many how many times in a row did uh, that, uh, what was it, number 23, I think his number was, do this for us and managed to... What was the old joke we used to say that uh, he was the only person in the EPL who could hit a wall that wasn't there? <laughs> you know, when, when you can actually get the ball into dangerous places, good things are going to happen. You're not going to score a lot of goals. You're probably going to get, what, maybe six, seven of these in the season. But it always seems to be whenever you get one, you score one or you get one against you, it always seems to come back to decide a game. And it got us off to a good start. And... I think probably you know helped lead into the second goal because we put them on the back foot right away. Yeah, they weren't great, Ludogorets. We um, they gave us plenty of time. They weren't anywhere near as aggressive as Antwerp were last week. I pulled the second goal. I mean, it was great work from Harry to find Lucas, and he sort of tried one a bit sort of closer to the goal that didn't come off. The defender got there just in time, but. It was it was a nice goal, nicely worked goal. Uh, it, it was a nice nicely worked goal, but there, there had been quite a few opportunities. I mean, you know, realistically, had we been a bit more clinical, we should have been about six 0 up by that point. Um, mm. and, and I think that, you know, if I'm to to look for criticisms today, I would say that we we really didn't take our chances because Kane could have probably had a hat trick by the time he scored. Uh, Lucas probably should have had two. Um, you know, I I think that we against a better team if we don't take those kind of chances we're going to get mm. really badly punished um I, I think that what you know what happens when you go you know four nil up against the team in the first half is their heads drop and and they don't come at you um you know Ludigret started coming at us in the second half and and i think that that was partially down to the fact that we let them stay in the game yeah well franco what were your thoughts i mean that we we did have so many chances first half and second half as well we'll get on to the second half but it did just with tottenham you kind of it's always in the back of your mind that, that, that they'll get one back and, and they did get, get a goal back. 
Um, it was an unfortunate deflection from Winks. But what were your thoughts? Do you, do you think that we um, we don't take our chances as, as we should? And is that something Jose will look to work on? Potentially. Kane had that shot early on, which hit the post. Uh, and he had other opportunities, which either the keeper saved. That ball that he put across to Lucas, which was just a tiny bit behind him. Mm. It was all just fine margins. And I think sometimes you get that. It's difficult to, to really bring your A game when you're playing against the team that are that much worse in quality. But like you say, they they weren't they didn't step their game up against us. It just seemed a bit pedestrian from them as well. And, and really they were no threat. It it did feel like a bit of a training game at times. And that is a thing that you need to do is is take your opportunities and, and like Paul said, if we'd have done that before half time, then I doubt they would have troubled us in the second. But they had more shots than I would have expected. Uh, I think we allowed them a bit too much opportunity in the final third but really like they didn't threaten a huge amount did they and and it was relatively easy for Joe Hart and goal and their one goal it was pretty fortunate wasn't it uh, it just deflected and f- fell straight into the guy's path um, and there was not much the keeper could do about it so I'll take it it's not really something to worry about but it's you know it's a bit it's a bit worrying that we didn't score more yeah do you think that, that Hart could have done a bit more with the goal? Like it, the, the ball sort of hung in the air a bit after the deflection of Winks. Do you think that he he, he could have come for it, or, or do you think that it did look really fortunate? I, I admit, but but was there anything we could have done? Well, yeah, I mean, he could have had super fast reactions, <laughs> ran out, <laughs> punched it out. You know, he probably could have done, but he didn't. So, and I think once the once the guys got it on the volley. You've got to have super quick reactions to anything about that. So I can't really fault him. So, yeah, I mean, he could have tried to come out and made it difficult for, for him to put the, put the striker off, but he didn't. And once once uh, once he's got his shot on, I think it's pretty difficult to save that one. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're looking for any fault in, in that goal, you, you've got to look at Eric Dyer because he was, he was ball watching. So the player mm-hmm. got in behind him while he was trying to work out whether Winks was getting going to get in the way of the shot or not. And by the time it comes off Winks' foot, the player's already... You know, going in behind Dyer, and he's not got time to turn around and trace him. So, you know, potentially, if you're looking for any kind of blame there, it's allowing that man to run into the space. I don't think Hart could have really done anything. Yeah, it did look like it was it was in um, Dyer's area to, to to do something to react. He didn't really react quickly enough, and it was quite an easy finish for the guy. Yeah, well, I think I think the point is is that if that shot goes on target and the keeper saves it, then you're looking for getting the rebound. And if we've completely let the striker go past you, so I kind of agree with Paul. Is we need to be a bit more alert, and that's always something about Dyer. He does eighty percent of the defensive duties. He does fairly well, but he's just sometimes a bit of a ball watcher. Mm. Well, he, he gets he gets caught flat footed and just can't move. He's got no speed and. He should be able to read read it a little bit better than what he did. Well, Sean, uh, last week we saw four halftime changes. We only did two this this game, uh, with Vinicius, Vinicius and Hoybier coming on, uh, like for like with Kane and Sissoko. I mean, that's probably with Sunday in mind, right? With with rotation, etc. I uh, like he, like I think it was Paul saying earlier. Sissoko needs some time out on the pitch. He's coming back from a pretty serious injury. He needs to get back to match shape. Um, Vinicius, it's a matter of getting him in there in good situations to try and learn how to play with everyone else and to get some confidence and get playing well. I have a sneaky suspicion before the game, there's probably Jose, Jose, I should say, was uh, speaking to Kane and probably saying to him, listen, get us a couple of goals, get us up and I'll get you out at halftime. Because I think the only reason Kane even played today was the fact that we played so poorly against Antwerp and didn't get anything. We couldn't let this game get away. We needed Mm -hmm. to try and put this team away and get the win. Yeah. Well, Franco, you, what did you think of the third goal? Son had just come on. He'd been on this pitch for, what, 17 seconds and 
what an impact. Yeah, I felt a bit sorry for Vinicius because it probably would have fallen to him and he could have had the assist. But, uh, you know, Son did the right thing. And yeah, I mean, he didn't have to do much, did he? It was just, it was just running into the right area. The ball was given to him and then he just laid it across perfectly to Lacelso. I mean, Lacelso deserved that for his efforts today. I thought he was busy. He was good. But again, he's another one who's working his way back to fitness. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see him score because loads of people were saying that he's not, you know, he doesn't contribute a huge amount. Like he might be a Modric type player who's the pass before the pass. Um, but some of the balls he played today as well, he set Kane through once or twice mm. and he loves a slide rule pass. He's a very tidy player like that. It's nothing super extravagant. Um, you're not sort of looking for him to be playing balls in like Ericsson does, but he gets around the box and, and then, you know, waits for the runs. So I thought he played well today and yeah, and it was a good goal. Fairly easy for him in the end, though, wasn't it? On a plate. Uh, Paul, what do you make of Lascelles? So he didn't have a, the best of games last week against Antwerp, but... I thought I thought he showed up today. Yeah, he did show up, but I mean, I think that one of the things you have to look at is the lack of pressure that was on the midfield. I mean, we've already mm. sort of mentioned, you know, you sort of tongue in cheek said that Winks made more forward passes, um, you know, including some quite clever passes in the game when you know in the first minute when Clay balloons it over the bar. Yeah. Um, so I think that the midfield had the time to find those passes and to to look for the runs, and they weren't constantly under the pressure like they were against Antwerp. So. That probably really helped Lacelso, um, and, and he is finding his way back to fitness. So to have a game where somebody's not constantly biting at your ankles is probably really important. Uh, and can I just add something, Brendan? I'm feeling really uncomfortable at the moment because there's all these people agreeing with me, and I'm just not <laughs> used to it. So can we just like get someone to argue with me? I'll feel much more comfortable then. Well, I've yeah. got a question for you then, Paul. <clears throat> Go for it. What What is it about Winks that turns people off so much? Because he's become the new lightning rod of almost hate on the internet for, you know, why is this guy playing? What's wrong? Why is he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Because people are lazy and they won't make up their own opinion. So if if enough pundits say, oh, yeah, he makes backward passes all the time, then everyone just jumps on that and goes, well, that's what I'm going to say about him. But if you actually spend the time to look at the at the pass maps, you know, then you, you'll discover that Hoibieg and, and Domblay make more backwards passes than Winks does. So... It's, I just think people are lazy. I think that there's there's some truth in in what Caller said that Winks uh, isn't good enough to be a first team starter. I think that 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 is true. But he's certainly good enough to be a strong squad player for us, and and I think that he does a really good job for what he's been asked to do. But I do think that is that, that potentially he's got more in his locker than that. Um, and I just don't think he's allowed to do it. And you know, Sean, people are lazy. They'll they'll just go, oh, this guy's shit because. Alan Shearer told me his shit, um, and that's that's what I think the, the happens with Winks. Well, I mean, the, one of the key stories from tonight's game uh, was that Harry has scored his 200th Spurs goal in his 300th game for the club. I mean, that that is incredible, Franco. I mean, is there anything more to say about our Harry? No, not a lot. I, I, we've talked about him over and over again, and about how lucky we are to have him in the team. And he's going to set records. This is part of the reason why I think that he won't leave. When everyone gets worried, I think, no, look, he's going to set records in the Premier League. He's chasing down those goal-scoring records, but he's also chasing down records at Spurs. What is it? He's got another eight to level Bobby Smith uh, and only another 66 to, to level the great Jimmy Greaves, which he's likely to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, mm. It's not inconceivable that he would get 66 goals in all competitions within, like, by the end of next season, I guess. Yeah. Uh, his record's really good. What is it? 0.67 goals per game. Greaves is 0.7, so slightly better. But, you know, that, he, uh, well, there's George Hunt, who 
played at the turn of the last century, I think it was, who has a 0.7. But he's up there with the greatest. Do you know what I mean? It's it's there's very few players in world football that have that kind of record. And this year, we've seen the amount of assists that he provides as well. So it's not just like he's a tapping merchant. Uh, so yeah, it's it's great to see him score again. Uh, I think he probably, if he'd have got two before half time, he probably might not have come off chasing another hat trick. It's a fucking long one season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, three hundred, three hundred game season. What a long season for a one, one oh. season wonder. You took your time there, Brendan. <laughs> I, put, I don't know if you saw, but there was a, a clip that did the rounds on the internet from ESPN FC. I think it was was it Mark Ogden and uh, Alexis something. Sanchez. Were... <laughs> Nunez. Nunez. Alexis Nunez. Yeah, where they were mocking Kane, the way that Kane spoke. Uh, did you did you see that clip, Paul? Uh, it came up in my timeline, but I I saw all the comments and deliberately didn't watch it. I just I didn't <laughs> want to hear it, really, if I'm honest. Um, but I mean, I, I get all the I get all the vitriol that um, you know people in in those kind of positions shouldn't be allowed to to do something like that. I mean, it, you know, if we did it on our little podcast, then mm. people would be up in arms. So for somebody who's you know an international broadcaster, we're doing it is is terrible. Um, I, I think that a lot of the reaction is just uh, people wanting to have a kick at someone, um, and that happens to be the target of the day. But um, yeah, they really should um, they really should suffer some sort of reprimand for it. Mm. It's an odd one, isn't it? Because this week he's getting pelters as well for accusations of diving or sort of uh, you know trying to win that penalty last week by backing into players. And you just think Kane is one of the most honest players out there. Uh, in that game towards the end, when, whenever players sort of push him, when it's like the ball's gone out and he's standing there and they kind of barge him out of the way, he never reacts. He never gets involved in any of that stuff. Mm. Uh, he maybe goes down a little bit easily at times, but that's because at the end of the day, if you get yourself in between... Uh, the defender in the ball and, and the defender's going to come into the back of you, then you, they have to foul you to get it. And quite often when that happens, they're just like, no, he's played for that. Well, <laughs> yeah, that is kind of the point, is it? It's not like he's intentionally diving. And I mean, there was a problem last week where he did go down a bit easy, the same as Sun. But I really don't see it as something that happens that regularly. I think players just, you know, bang into him when he's when he's in the box and he goes down. Mm. But people have been calling for us for years to be a you know a smarter team to to when we get those knocks in the box to to go down and to you know to look for the penalties not to to dive but to you know to make the appropriate reaction to getting knocked over rather than just trying to stay on your feet and you know now we're doing it people are now going oh well it's cheating it's outrageous you know make up your mind what you want and stick to it. Yeah, and I really liked that Jose came out in support. Well, you know, Lucky always does distracts by putting it on other teams. And he's right, you know, you can't really level that at Spurs when you look at how many penalties Man United have had. But just going back to the SPM bods, it's just like the fact that it's not live TV, I guess, made them feel like they could say this. And whoever it was that leaked it <laughs> obviously yeah. has a bit of a vendetta against them accidentally. But I just thought the apologies were weak as well. So everyone's kind of saying it's a bit of a witch hunt. But when your apology basically says like, oh, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that it got put out there. No, it's unfortunate that you're slagging off a player who really doesn't deserve it. You know, just to say like, I hate listening to it. Well, you know what I mean? I hate listening to USBN, so I won't be anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think... hate the amount of abuse that he takes in the media for every little thing, whether he's, you know, a diver, about the way he talks, about everything else. This is a guy who goes out and plays the game and acts like a gentleman when he's playing the game in his public life and you know everything that he does and he's somebody who should be being held up to people and you know lauded for what he does 
and somebody that you know we would all want our kids to behave like and yet for some reason everybody the pundits just want to take shots at him mm. i think it's, it's a bit it, like beckham though don't you think because beckham again you know married uh early in his career then just you know was a family guy and was a, obviously a good looking chap and doing all that stuff but he, apart from that he was an absolute model professional so they just took the piss out of the way that he talked and that he was stupid <laughs> you just think it's the british culture we just always have to try and bring somebody down yeah, it's, it's a tall poppy thing. It happens a lot in Australia as well. I mean, I think that, that in North America, the, the kind of hero worship stuff is, is different. And they, they tend to, to elevate people and then not try and bring them down. Um, in, the, in the UK, certainly, we have this culture of you know elevating people and saying they're great, they're great, they're great. And then when they get there, we want to take their knees out from under them. Um, and I think that's that's what Kane is you know potentially suffering from. He's, he's one of the best football players in the country. And you know people that are jealous are just wanting to take his knees away. Well, just on on the subject of of, of Kane, I want to stick with you, Paul, because um, on, on, I listened to the Guardian Football Weekly podcast, and and Barry Glendening was pretty scathing in his attack on Kane. He said that he knows what he's doing with the with the, the penalty against Brighton. He said that he backed into Lalana, and that's dangerous. He said in Aussie rules football, it's called spearing or something, or in rugby, it's called spearing as well. Where and there was a clip he showed of against West Ham, I think it was, where he looks over his shoulder, sees the defender coming in, sees the defender jumping, backs into the space where he'd land, and that, and he says that's dangerous. He says that that the, the player can break his neck from that kind of action. What, what what do you think about that? Well, I don't know anything about Aussie rules football, so I can't help you there. <laughs> oh, okay, cheers. Um, but but I do. Well, it's it's the weirdest game you've ever seen, Brendan. They can take marks when they're in the air. It's just like the strangest thing you've ever seen. It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. Um, you need Jolly on to talk to talk to you about that one. Cool. Um, but what I do think is that Kane has done absolutely nothing wrong. He see, sees Lalana coming. Um, he stands his ground. He gets ready for an impact. Lalana makes the impact. And let's remember, it's Lalana that makes the impact and not Kane. Mm. Um, so there is there is no problem with that at all. You know, he's not. It's not like he's coming underneath him while he's already in the air. He's basically stood still. So if you're going to say that someone's cheating by standing still, I think that you know, Mr. Glenn Denning, I, I generally enjoy your talks, but you need to have a little look at yourself, mate. Well, let's move on. Uh, we have West Brom at the weekend on Sunday at the Hawthorns. They're not doing too great. They're in 18th place at the moment. Three points from their opening seven games drawing three, losing four. So they've not won a game yet this season. Uh, the draws come against Brighton, Burnley and a dramatic 3 all draw against Chelsea in September. They've lost to Everton, Leicester, Southampton and they lost their last match against Fulham on Monday. Uh, Billich has them lined up 4-1, 4-1. And uh, Sean, I mean, do you think, I mean, I'm looking at their team, I'll be honest, I don't know. I know, I know Jake Livermore's in there, that's about it, but... Do you, what do you make of, of West Brom so far this season? Have you, have you seen any of West Brom over there in Canada? I haven't watched much of them this year, but, you know, just, you know, I guess we just thank God that Tony Pulis isn't there. So we might actually see something because I looked at them and they actually scored 77 goals last year. So they were actually a, a reasonably decent offensive squad, but obviously that was also in the championship. Mm. You know, every, every game we used to play against them was 1-0, 1-1, and just... You know, you'd have to like take six Red Bulls during the match just to stay awake and watch. And uh, but for a strange reason, I actually also have a fun memory because the very first Spurs match that I ever got to see in the UK was against West Brom at the Hawthorns, one-one oh. uh, draw back in 2016. I asked you before and you weren't sure, and I'll ask, I'll ask uh, Paul and Franco, who do you think scored for West Brom? 
2016 in the fall. Uh, that, that's autumn in English, Franco. <laughs> <laughs> who scored for West Brom? No idea. Rondon. I don't even know who scored for us. So you know, it's uh, well, it was it was Delhi. It was Delhi for us, but it was Chadley. Oh, uh, yeah. Of course, he played for them for a bit. Yeah, yeah. disappointing. I watched one of the worst uh, performances against West Brom ever when I was in New York, and I think we lost one 0 I can't remember who scored, but it was just Oof. the worst game. They're just one of these teams, aren't they? They used to sort of be just really. Uh, dogged and and defensive and snatch games like that. Um, this season they're just not like that. They're terrible, really terrible. Well, they used to be that big, tough, physical team that you didn't want to go play against. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking forward to seeing Cyril Regis again. <laughs> He's still playing, isn't he? Probably, you'd probably get in that team because they've got their t- their top scorer is Hal Robson Canoe and he's on the bench. Oh, sorry, no, he's injured. Sorry. Um, so their striker is is a young guy called Carlin Grant or Carlin Ahern Grant, who actually scored against Brighton. But uh, Franco, Jake Livermore is is probably going to start against us. It didn't really work out for him at Spurs, but what are your sort of, do you have any fond memories of, of Jake at, at Spurs? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but Jake was, a, he, was a, he was a decent functional midfielder. And um, yeah, that's about as far as it goes. Like he was good. He, he was, he's a very physical guy, but I don't know. His career could have really gone off the rails, couldn't it, when he had all those those issues. Um, we won't go into that too much. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's managed to put it around. He's he got himself a, a career at sort of the top end of football. So I'm relatively pleased for him. And he's, he's a Tottenham lad, isn't he? But, yeah, I can't really say. He's not the sort of player that you would ever pay, say you paid your money to watch, is he? Paul, how about you? Is there anyone other than Cyril Regis? Is there anyone in the in the West Brom team that, that you're aware of? Have you seen any of their games this season? Uh No. No, I've seen some. I've seen some highlights of other teams against them, um, <laughs> but I haven't seen any highlights of, of West Brom. Or I mean, I, they are pretty awful. So you know, my worry is it's a case of Doctor Tottenham will see you now, yeah, um, yeah. and that they'll they'll come out with a three-one win against us. Um, <laughs> they won't score three goals. They've scored six <laughs> goals all season in seven games, and they've conceded sixteen, isn't it? Minus ten goal difference at this stage. And look, them and Fulham, Franco is Tottenham. Yeah, I know, but I'm not having that this weekend. No, but it's Tottenham. <laughs> I know it's set up because it's right before the international break, a team we should really beat. It is Tottenham if we just don't go there and do the business, but I think we're going to go there and smash them. And yeah, the fact that they've conceded 16, they played Fulham, which already in the season is a six-pointer because they were both two teams that just couldn't, get, couldn't put wins together. And um, they went and lost that as well and are rubbish. So... That even Bilic is, is saying that they need to compete more and I think that's the one thing even if your team's not that great which theirs isn't they're not exactly household names then you need to fight and I think that's been lacking for West Brom so far this season they concede a lot of shots they don't have many shots it doesn't take many shots to score against them all of those analytical stats around the team don't bode well for them and we've really got to just go there and do the business Patrick for Kane or son. Yeah, and look, you are right. They, I mean, we should absolutely tell them because, you know, when I say that I've seen highlights of teams against them, they are really easy to play against. They've, you know, they've not made it difficult for teams. It's not like the, you know, the days of um, when Poulos was there when they were just horrible to play against. You know, they're, they're letting people come at them. They're letting people have shots. And because of that, people are scoring goals. So, you know, I do think that all those things that you say are right. But, you know, I've been doing this for over 40 years and, and, <laughs> I just feel nervous at these games that we should absolutely tell a team. Yep. Yeah. Well, the other thing that makes you nervous is they haven't won. You know they're going to win sometime. 
Mm. You just don't want it to be against you. Well, uh, moving on to us, uh, looking at the lineup. I mean, um, Franco, you mentioned earlier that we have injuries at the fullbacks. I didn't know that. So um, <laughs> <coughs> is Regulon injured? And Regulon no. surged. They no, didn't he's play. got cold. Yeah, oh, Reggie's got cold. It. He's got cold, yeah. And Aurier, how's Aurier doing? <laughs> I think he's taken a knock. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll be back or not for the weekend. Okay. I think Which his hair was messed up. He couldn't come out because his hair was messed up. Because I think that we, I think he will go all guns blazing. I, th- I, I can see quite an attacking team against West Brom because they they're not they don't offer much uh, up front themselves. So I can see us playing our more attacking fullbacks and going for it. Yeah, it's just whether they're fit or not, isn't it? I mean, uh, there's a good chance they won't be, which won't be the end of the world if they're not. Uh, I, I think we should still be good enough to beat them. It's just really it's it's who partners. Um, Kane and Son up front as always that's that's nearly always the question you can pretty much guarantee that Hoybier will be starting in the middle alongside Sissoko you pretty much know who your centre-back's going to be so it's it's whether um, Bale has shown enough which I don't think he probably has uh, but then it's it's who does he pick is it is it Lucas is it Bergvine does Dombele start ahead of Lo Celso you know Delhi doesn't seem like he's going to be anywhere near it because he didn't even get on today so I think that there's there's very few questions about what the starting lineup's going to be yeah. I don't think either Bergwijn um, or uh, or Mora really. I mean, I know he scored today, but I don't think that they they really show enough to be uh, an automatic pick in the team. And, and Bergwijn, when he came on, I didn't think that he really did all that much. So I, I can't see him getting a, a start. I thought he was. I, know, right. I thought he was quite. Yeah, I thought he was quite lively today when he came on. He had a shot within the first sort of few minutes of coming on, and mm. he didn't lose the ball too much. He was. He was. Yeah, it's just difficult because by then the game had kind of slowed down a bit and we weren't trying for the whole thing. It's it's difficult. I think he needs to be given a chance in a game like this where we, our tempo should be a bit higher and we're playing against a team that are pretty bad. Well, we were playing against a team that was bad today. I mean, surely he should have done more than just had a shot and not lost the ball. He, I thought it was quite lively. I'll be honest, of, of all the subs that came on, he certainly did more than Bale. And like for me, like Bale was very, very quiet today. He's obviously still finding his feet, but I thought that that um, Berkey was was pretty decent today, and Lucas as well. Like he got the assist from the corner, he got the, got a goal. Um, not really much more you could have asked from him. So, I, I, the, the, Franco's right. The question is who partners Son and Kane up top, and uh, Paul, who do you think? Do, do you think it will be Bale, or do you think we'll we'll go with the tried and trusted Lucas? Uh, I don't think it will be Bale. I don't think that he's um, a match fitness yet. So I, you know. The, the only reason that he would do it was to start him for another, you know, sort of forty-five minute start, and then bring someone else on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see it being Bale. I, I, it could well be Lamella. You know, he's um, he's not been in a team today, and you know, you know, with Lamella that you're going to get. Um, but a he bit is more injured. needle, is he? I think so. Yeah, that's why he wasn't featured today. Right, fucking cut that bit out then. This <laughs> <laughs> is not just me that didn't do the homework today. <laughs> um, not badly injured. It's just a typical lamella strain. Ah, oh, he'll be back then. He'll be back. He'll be back so he can kick someone at the weekend to get a yellow card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, well, other big news from this week, Sean, is that uh, it looks like Son is close to signing a new contract with the club to keep put him in line with the top earners. Uh, at around two hundred thousand pounds a week, surely that's deserved, no? Hell yeah, it's about time. You, when you look at what he does, he's arguably our second best player behind Kane, and should and should be getting paid paid in line with that. And just the fact of what he does within the squad, he's always so happy. He's always people just seem to love to play with him and play alongside him. 
And, you know, just the other thing that he does, you know, people don't necessarily like to talk about, it, but just from a marketing standpoint, how many shirts are we selling in Korea because mm -hmm. of him? Yeah. And that is a huge amount of money. So give him a cut of some of that. Like, let's, you know, the number of fans that, you know, obviously not right now, but in the past, you know, you would, when I go over to the games and you'd see the number of the South Koreans there. And my boss is South Korean. He has a song kit that I brought back for him. <laughs> and he's just, he's, he's a cultural phenomenon over there. And let's, let's pay him because he's producing on the pitch every week. Yeah, I think I read the stat that we have 14 million fans in South Korea because of Son. Wow. Which is which is more than the UK, I think. I'm not sure. It, yeah, yeah, I reckon yeah, it's more than the UK. <laughs> <laughs> when when they were when Spurs came out here and, and played in Melbourne, what was it four or five years ago? Um, we we had a couple of old Spurs events with um, with people from the club, and sitting down and having a beer afterwards with um, with Paul Miles, who said the guy that does all the uh, Tottenham TV stuff, Spurs TV stuff, um, and he's he said categorically that Son's the glue that holds it together. Wow. You know, and and I think that that's been proven to be right because, you know, the guy has such a fantastic personality. Everybody loves him, and you know, it's it's that kind of personal rally rally round. It's that, you know, that other on field leader, that other on field person that you want to, you know, that you want to impress, that you want to do something for. And and I think that's that's really important to have those characters in the team. So, yeah, absolutely, paying what he's worth. Let's keep him there for the rest of his career. Like every time when he scores, you can just tell. It's pure joy. Like some players go and they celebrate, and, you know, and they're like, "Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah." But when you see Son, like it just looks like this is just like the greatest thing that's happened to him at that moment in time. But even when he assists someone, it's the same, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so when he assists someone for a goal and they score, you can just see that unbridled joy that that comes from him. You know, he's he's always straight over to them, and you know, there's so much appreciation from his teammates. Yeah, I mean, he's he's absolutely key to to the future. Yeah. And that, that video clip of him after the, the goal against Burnley, when he when he says to Kane, did you get the assist? And when it was confirmed, the look on his face, that was not fake. It was so beautiful. It was just pure, unbridled joy. Uh, Franco, do you know how long the, the contract is for? Do we know that yet? No, but it's going to be five years, isn't it? They're, they're going to keep him here for the rest of his career. I imagine that's that's part of the reason why, why Levy always puts uh, players in new contracts is to keep them here and... If they ever want to leave, he can get a big fee for them. But I don't think that'll be the case with Sonny. I think we're going to try and keep hold of him and he'll be getting a testimonial at the end of his career, I imagine. Um, I mean, yes, Son has just been an absolute phenomenon for Spurs. I know he started off in his first season a bit slowly, but one of my claims to fame, and I'm not afraid to do this because HG always brags when he gets something right. But two years before we signed Sonny, I posted on um, the Facebook group that I was always commenting about football on. I said, look at this guy. He looks like he's mustard and he could be exactly what we need at Spurs. Two years later, we signed him and he, he has been. He's just an absolute phenomenon. And like you say, all the stuff outside of football, the, the you know, the, the, the following that we've got in, in South Korea and every single player that comes to the club seems to like form a bond with him. It's weird. Like even Reggie was saying that when he named two players, he was just like, yeah, Son and Hoiberg are great guys. It's just like he, he's just got this infectious personality and, and that's got to be good for the team spirit and everything that comes with it. What a guy. Sign that contract, Son. Sign him up, Levy. Right, lads, looking to wrap things up. Let's get your predictions. Start with you, Sean. What do you think the score would be on Sunday at the Hawthorns? I'm going to go 2-0 Spurs, Kane and Son. And they will assist the goals for the other guy. <laughs> just, you know, that's just the way they do it. That's how they do it. Franco? It's either going to be nil-nil oh. or six-nil. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Is that what you're going to put on your ACA? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll hedge my bets. Uh, five on each. <laughs> Paul, prediction? Uh, look, I mean, I don't agree that it'll be nil-nil because we can't keep a clean sheet to save our lives. It's um, West Brom, though. So, you know, yeah, it's either going to be one nil West Brom or it's going to be four-one us. Oof. I, oh, yeah, I'm gonna... I'll go with the four-one. Yeah, I prefer four one. I'm, I'm going to go with. I'm going to say three uh, three nil. I don't think they've got enough. I know it's Spurs. I really don't think they've got enough. But if Fulham can do them two nil, we can do them three nil. Yeah, West Brom might not have enough to score, but you know we're very kind, and you know <laughs> Dyer or Sanchez will probably put one in in our own net for them. <laughs> or or that dreaded first minute penalty <clears throat> <laughs> for a handball that's blasted from three inches away. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's the one. Or VAR. Oh, it could be VAR could fuck us, but yeah. Well, before we go, just time to tell you uh, the latest Spurs prize you can win from our partners at footballprizes.co.uk. And it's a big one this week. It's a signed, framed Gareth Bale shirt. You can see the pictures on our Facebook page and we'll tweet it out as well. It's the same shirt from the season he roasted Mike on at the lane with the number three. It has pictures, lights, it looks the dogs. You can also buy tickets for a chance to win a signed, framed picture of Jeff Hurst and Martin Peters from the 66 World Cup. Again, framed and looking very, very nice. Paul, it must have been amazing to have seen England win the World Cup. What was it like? (laughs) Are you the only one who can do jokes? Yes. Here's a big cup of go fuck yourself. <laughs> As with last time, you can get a 10% discount using the promo code 10cheese. That's the numbers 10cheese. There are 99 tickets for the Bale shirt at 5 95 a ticket and 59 tickets for the Hurst and Peters one at 2 95 a ticket. So get involved and good luck. Sean, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem, sir. Anytime. Always always wanted to get off the bench and uh, get in the game. Yeah, it's great to have you, man. Uh, Paul, good good to chat with you again, mate. Uh, it's It's been thoroughly pleasurable. Um, it's been far too nice, though. I, I want to have some more fights, please, <laughs> if we can just arrange that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get Caller or HG back on soon. And Franco, good chat with you, man. No worries. I'll speak to you cheeseheads on Sunday. Yes, exactly. Do listen out for Franco and the European crew with the review of what will hopefully be an emphatic win over West Brom. That'll be out Sunday night, Monday morning. Do remember to like, subscribe, comment, uh, subscribe to your podcast provider. Check out our YouTube channel. Got some amazing videos there from Callers Man Cave. And as ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.